Welcome to the Craft Imperial Podcast, a weekly podcast about cigars, whiskey, and all the banter you could possibly want. You'll join your host, the Bourbon Cowboy, the Viking, as each week we get into different cigars, different whiskeys, budget, hard to find, unicorn, you name it. The rabbit holes we're going to go down, insights, opinions, conversation, new releases from Craft Impero, and anything else we can seem to let fall of our mouths that week. You guys enjoy this episode. Mahalo. All right, all right. Aloha, guys. Welcome back to the Craft Impero podcast. You're here with your host, The Viking. And the bourbon cowboy. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> I was like, we, uh, yeah, yeah. And the bourbon cowboy. There he is. Uh, we're Patreon, here what's at up? the Agua Farm with a cover on it. We're about a week short of them coming and opening the pool. And I was just, we're looking at our cigar. And I was just looking to see how the best way to, it's like in a black Sleeky wrapper, yeah. the whole thing. It's the uh, Illusion MJ12 Maduro. Um, I honestly don't think you and I have smoked this cigar together since probably 2018 or 19. I don't. This is what's so crazy about cigar names. It's like, okay, when, like our cigars, we've got the Cyclops. Right. But no, this is an Illusion Maduro MJ-2 Six by fifty-six. Yeah, it's a pretty cigar. Who, rem- who remembers all that shit? You don't. You don't. Like you, read it. The, you read it. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I mean, this is kind of. Well, I mean, a six fifty-six. It's close to a Toro. It's a little thicker than a Toro, though. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, okay. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep them rolling. Yeah, for it's a, a little. Time. It's a little bigger than than a Toro. It's yeah. more. I mean. You could, I guess you could give it a Grand Toro size, really, but 56 just makes it a little different. Um, MJ12 from Illusion, it's part of the Corojo uh, Maduro side, and then you have the Cruzado um, that's got shade-grown, I want to say it's shade-grown Habano or Corojo. So the Maduro comes in this black... Um, gift wrap here. It's not. It's not a cellophane. It's. It's more of a wax paper that covers it. Then the Corojo comes in the silver, and then the Cruzado has the gold over the top of it. So we're gonna get cut into these, and uh, once the cowboy gets back, we'll have him run down this bourbon we're having. It's actually interesting because we've had a lot of this bourbon, but not this specific um, expression or pour that we're gonna have today. So that's always exciting when it's something new. And uh, I'll tell you what, absolutely crazy weather today sitting out here. I mean, it's from being, I want to say 42 degrees yesterday, it's 70 degrees outside. Um, Nice breeze coming. There's probably going to be some rain later. So for everybody watching on the Patreon on the video, um, this may get picked up and moved inside. We'll see what happens. But right now, getting some sun on the old dome, enjoying that probably going to burn there is that idea but we'll we'll see about that and figure it out um all right, right on right on let's uh let's get cut into this and we will get get pop in here we're gonna bring out our woodworks stl ashtray here in a minute you know the guys over at woodworks um 
very, 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 very skilled craftsmen. Um, really just jumped into, you know, they're, they're father and son team, longtime cigar smokers, and they wanted to jump into the industry. They didn't necessarily want to do cutters and lighters or, or even go the, the blending side or the purchasing of a brand side. Um, they wanted to see what they could contribute to the industry. And well, why not hand-carved and stamped wooden ashtrays? Uh, hand-carved and stamped um, wooden cigar rests. And they've got a plethora of more that, that, that's coming out here very soon. Um, <clears throat> which would be really cool. The more and more that we get, the better that'll be to work with. That will be, will be fun. So, um, yeah, without further ado, you guys can pick up uh, these MJ-12s uh, if you're here. Um, if you're in the St. Louis area, Lit Cigar Lounge is now a new um, Illusion account uh, ever expanding. And MJ-12 is a staple inside the expressions and facings carried in the humidor. So we'll be able to pick those up. Um, next week, we will actually be um, at Lit Cigar Lounge. We're going to have uh, Oliver Mueller of Vita Nova Cigars and Una Vita Tequila on. Um, be really interesting to talk to him about his journey and actually um, kind of recant and a lot of stuff that we had been through um, and his journey into the cigars, which will be a lot of fun. So, yeah, all good. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. I know it was kind of a crazy weekend with St. Patrick's Day. And then um, for any of the Battlehawk fans and everything like that, we went out to the game. Um, we did end up losing to the defenders, the D.C. team, but we did it within a touchdown. There were some... Uh, you know how the penalties will eat you up and, and goof around a little bit. Nobody really, really likes that at all. So we try to stay far away from that. But it's been great, man. I mean, the, the fan base for the Battlehawks has been absolutely insane. Uh, opening day at home was 38,000 people. Game two was 35. Um, so those two alone still hold, even the 35 still holds for largest attendance in, a, in an XFL game history. Um, which I think is, is pretty nuts. It just comes to show that the people in St. Louis want, they want a team. That's what they're after. They want a team, you know? So why don't we get them one? So there was something I wanted to bring up and I, wa I wanted to talk about it again. And we're going to go back to Cubans here for a moment. Um, I'm just waiting on the Cowboys so we can light these cigars up uh, together. It's not really a big of a deal, but... We'll get it going. Um, Partagas Serie E number two, Grand Reserva. Um, the Coseca 2015 is going on sale in Germany, okay? Now, this is probably a cigar that myself, a lot of us may never touch. And if you do, I'm excited to hear about it. Um, but with, you got two things that were on Cuban that I want to talk about here. Uh, and when you look at this cigar being released, hey, it's another Germany exclusive. It is Partagas, Partagas, however you want to roll it. It is a number two. So it is that traditional Cuban number two bellicoso size that everybody loves, right? Monte Cristo has their Mundos. Um, I want to say Cohe or Romeo Julieta has the, the Juliet, which is the, the number two, um, <clears throat> so on and so forth. <clears throat> the pricing of this cigar is 210 euro per price. Which, which is absolutely crazy, you know? You know, uh, and for a cigar to cost $210 a piece, 
is, you know, it, it kind of brings up that question when when you you release the cigar, what sets it at that price, right? What what generates the cause for that price? And a lot of times you get to talking about incredibly old tobaccos um, or developments like that. But looking at this cigar, I mean, it's a little strange. There isn't really any disclosure on vintage or how old the tobaccos are. Granted, it's only 5,000 boxes of 15, right? So not many cigars were produced. Um, but the one thing here that sets it in place is these cigars were rolled and set in 2015. So the cigar is eight years old now, post roll into boxing and forward sales. Um, I get it. But this brings in that question is like, you know, 210 euro, does that make it that amazing? Or, you know, you know, I want to, you want to know what the price jump range for that is, right? And the reason I'm going into that and the reason I'm bringing that up is Second, there was something released uh, by Charlie Minato uh, on Half Wheel about tobacco products being sold in Oman will now require plain packaging. Same things that have gone into production in Ireland and Australia over the past couple of years. Now, what this means is if you have a cigar, obviously this is Cuban tobaccos that they're speaking about because that's their, their main market. Um, I haven't seen anything that said that it bleeds over to uh, quote new world tobaccos, but we'll see what comes from that um, For example, say you have a Monte Cristo and Mundo number two everybody knows that classic brown Monte Cristo label that label cannot be on the cigar instead what they're proposing is a black piece of paper with um, Times New Roman white letters explaining the cigar for example in this display picture they have here Monte Cristo, Medio Corona, Cuba. Black label, simple white lettering. Monte Cristo, Petite Mundo, Cuba. Right? Partegas, Serie D, number four, Cuba. <clears throat> Just simple layouts of, of what they are. You know, it, so it draws it away. So the reason I brought that up, okay? Say Germany decides to go to plain packaging or Australia orders a cigar from 2014. Instead of that beautiful lacquer box, and the great label showing age, date, you know, company, etc. If it just goes to this black band, is it worth 210 euro? Right? You know, think about it this way. If you are a Liga Pravada number nine smoker, um, you have no problem, depending if it's the tubo or what, what size millimeter release it is, you have no problem paying anywhere from you know, 13 to $21. <clears throat> Now, what if that Liga Pravada band goes away and there's just this black tape around it that says Liga Pravada, number nine, Nicaragua? You still gonna spend it, right? Maybe that one's a little hard because you know that blend. Say there's a new blend that's coming out and instead of the big vibrant open labeling, it shows just a plain sticker that's wrapped around it. Immediately, you're gonna go cheap, right? Well, that's, you know, they, they couldn't afford label or they couldn't, they didn't want to do the packaging, right? That idea does come across almost immediately. You will think that way. It does work out that way. It is strange, but it does happen. Um, it's curious, curious to think about. I do mean that. So, 
Um, all right, I'm gonna go ahead and light up this MJ-12 so we can get to talking about it. But beautiful, beautiful cigar. It looks great. Patreon can see what I'm holding up here. Um, we'll get some post of it out on the podcast. Um, but let's get this guy lit up. We're gonna talk lighters a little bit on this episode because I had a question about them the other day. Um, and I thought this would be something fun to share, you know. Uh, you guys have heard me. I'll wait for the cowboy to get back because it's going to be a kind of bounce off. Um, we got different kind of feelings on the lighters, but, you know, let's see here. Adjust my cut here. All right, got that guy cut up. I know we've talked about this before when you smoke a cigar that you've had before and you're coming back to, you know, I've always, one thing I've always enjoyed about this MJ-12 is when immediately, you know, normally we always talk about this, you don't taste anything really immediately when you light a cigar. If, sorry, a piece of tobacco there. If you're in a, if you have one of these super palates, uh, like our buddy Joe knows, he actually, he actually does. You know, he's got a very deep culinary background. Um, he's specified in tasting and, and, and spiriting on seasonings and flavor profiles and things like that. Even though as much as I like to have fun with him, he does pick up really quick on some things. A lot of us won't. Um, you don't have a trained palate for that kind of thing. But some cigars will always surprise you. They do. And when this thing fires up, the first thing I taste is a crunch bar. Like a little snack-sized um, Halloween candy Nestle crunch bar. The way that thing just, boom, it bites in. You get the little Rice crispy. You got a little bit of a nutty texture there. And then there's that clean milk chocolate. It's almost immediate. But then you get right back to Nicaraguan spices. The the way it settles in with, you know, that, that leather tone. I've been started playing with leather is more of, of a, I think, a scent than a taste. Um, a lot of times, like, talking with people when they go leather, I'm talking, uh, like, smoked oak. You know, if you've ever done any smoking on a grill, the, the, the moist smoke that comes away from the wood, you know, that kind of build in there. Um, but the way the spice just settles down is one of the things I love about Nicaraguan tobacco. The variable that you can have in Nicaraguan spice can be direct spice to the tip of the tongue and overwhelming on the retro, which is good every now and then. I dig it a lot. Or you have that spice like like inside this MJ-12. It sits down on the side of your teeth or on the side of your tongue, I apologize. And you're just salivating. It just makes you want more of the cigar. Amazing. Yeah, that's going to go good. I am excited to pour this up. Like I said, I am going to wait for the bourbon cowboy on that. But good, good stuff. Hope everyone had a good St. Patrick's Day. We brought that up. I know there's a lot of... <clears throat> fun stuff that goes on. I did smoke um, 
you know, since we're smoking illusion, I can bring this up. Um, we talked about it on the on the, the podcast last week. Lit Cigar Lounge did a Jake Wyatt kind of St. Patrick's Day event on St. Patty's Day, and um, Jake Wyatt's got a Candela in their in their lineup, uh, the Lucid Interval. And you know, I remember when we had um, Neil and Gerard on from Jake Wyatt. We talked about that candela and specific sizes and I, and I remember me bringing up illusion i said there's really only two candela that i've ever found to smoke that didn't have that raw ammonia and just wet newspaper tasting to it right because it is a rapidly fermented leaf um, they they do it very quickly to maintain the chlorophyll on it to make sure the color stays inside the leaf um, not handled properly, or I guess it could just be varietal, etc. You know, on the, the more scientific or botany end of it. Um, botanist, botany, I don't know what the word is. But um, when it comes to Candela, I find that Illusion's Candela is probably the best I've ever smoked in their Trip 8 series. Um, it's got some sweetness to it. It's got very, very, very little bit of depth, but it's got just enough that it holds on to your palate. And then Illusion, or, and then Jake Wyatt is just about that same way. Um, it gets into the more sweeter uh, green, I would say green tea setting of it. Um, but it's cool because it does have a very, very think, think of a tea leaf. If you ever eaten a tea leaf or you've smelt tea in, in a bag, there's a little, little, little spice to it. You know, it's not a necessarily a pepper or um, a granular or anything like that. But there's a little perk to it you know uh that's in it and then you get that i don't know how you explain green tea sweetness <laughs> i don't really know how to do that but there's a pretty much a green tea essence through the entire cigar you know it's one of those things like if there was a way that you could age that wrapper with with green tea it wouldn't surprise me if that's what was going on but that's not what's going on it's just the the quality and the the proper preparedness of that leaf for that setting of cigar which is money through and through, you know, not, not upset at that, that one at all. So. All right. So we're going to ask the bourbon cowboy, um, start with lighters. Once, once he explains, uh, what we're, what we're going to be sipping on here to start with, and then he'll get his cigar fired up and we'll, we'll bounce through that. Um, and figure that setting out. But uh, we got some good news about the Moon Tower, man. The Moon Tower is kicking. I, I do think we're going to see it uh, this summer. I really, really do. You know, we were thinking um, with the reset and re-roll after the fine last year, we were thinking it was going to have to go a little longer than it did. Uh, but I think because of the production standard on it and the immediate attention we're paying to it, it's ready to roll. So... Ladies and gentlemen, the Bourbon Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, uh, by the way, this uh, outfit thing was a complete mistake. Yeah. This was not supposed to happen. Thought for sure you'd be wearing baby blue or something. I don't know no. why. I have very little baby blue. Don't you have one of these? Oh, it's in yellow. You have one of these in yellow. Well, yeah. I have one. It's kind it's of a turquoise. yellow. Kind of a turquoise. I do have a yellow one. I wore that down in Key West. Yeah. Man. And then wait, I, sorry, I was waiting, and then I just got into it. Yeah, that's kind of a different, different um, smell. Well, kind of, kind of think about this too. Like a I didn't sweet mean, wheat I didn't, or something. I didn't mean, I didn't mean. I thought should have said this, and I didn't. 
Think about it this way too. It's been wrapped in that paper, right? Yeah. So I crumbled mine all the way up. You can kind of see a little bit. You see the almost like the very mild yellow hue yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, what's a little different in that manner is that so the oils are leaving the wrapper, right? We know that. But instead of them leaving <laughs> and getting grabbed by this elephant, this guy is sealed to it, and it just sits there and yeah. basically basically soaks in its own sweat. You know. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. It, no, but you know what I mean. I know. Right? What you're yeah, about. come on. Yeah. Anyone's ever worn a sweatsuit, you know what I mean. Like you're sweating it out, you can feel it going out, but you gotta hold on to it for a little while, you know. Oh, <laughs> All right, so let's get this baby lit. Get, get this. into it. And I was I was waiting on you to kind of talk about that. I borrowed some topics we're gonna talk about today, and I went on a tangent about uh, Cuban cigars for a minute. What's up? It's over. It's over. Um, you know, I filled it up before yep. I came out, and it oh, just—I yeah. need to actually turn it down, probably. But flip it up, uh, pull down there. Wow, that's a lot of work. Pull down now. Wow, it's a work lighter. Mm-hmm. You ever notice your phone? It's like we have to do more things to get what we used to have. Yeah. You know, I think 56 is the largest gauge I'll smoke. This is a 56. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't do it often, but it's like, you know, I saw that that tat you had in there. Remember the, the Kahonu 19, I think it yeah. was? The 58 ring gauge. And then like the Sarge is in a 58 ring gauge. Like this 58 ring gauge thing. Yeah. It's, it's just shy of a six. It's just not, I don't know. It's just not my, I don't think I do it. Look at that Thanos. Yeah, this one is just a tad. This size, is that a, I would say that's kind of a Corona size. I don't know what this one, I mean, that's like a long, it's a, They long call it a stamp. Donos, it's a, yeah, oh. it's basically a Churchill. Okay, yeah. It even seems a little longer than a Churchill. But anyway, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, it's burning now. Yeah. All right, so we'll jump back into that, and I'll bring you. Oh, so what I was saying is, I wanted to show you this. So I'm gonna rehash this real quick, guys. So I'm looking at I'm looking at Half Wheel, and Germany just got a cigar released. It's I'll do this real quick, so so you can see it. Germany got the um, where's that? The Prodigus Serie E Number Two Grand Reserva Caseca 2015, right? A cigar that was rolled in 15. It's been sitting for eight years. It's gonna be sold for 210 euro a cigar. Okay, so you see that packaging? Yeah, looks great, right? So now Oman. Oman approves a plain packaging for tobacco products. This is the same setting that has gone in in Australia and Ireland, right? This is how their cigars will be labeled now for sale. Now, if you didn't know the cigar and you walked in and that Monte Cristo Puro Edmundo right there said $210, you're buying it? There's no uh, differentiality? Nope. The, the setting, the standard setting is in for the black paper. It's, it's There's a measurement setting in there. And then the thing that got me is it's got to be typed in white times new Roman font on the front of the label. You know, to jump on board on that, you know, I think that was kind of what was stressing me about the Pravada farm um, mm. 
club that we the were doing. The world stuff, yeah. You'd get a little green envelope, super cool, and then you'd get a, a, a piece of literature and then four unmarked cigars. I believe it was four. Wasn't it four? Yeah. Anyway, but then I had to almost then try to figure out what cigar. It was just a lot of work. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I didn't think that was working. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get, it's just going to the, the package. Just like that, you're going to have to really pay attention to see what the hell you're smoking there with the packaging, what they're doing. Oh, yeah, yeah. It leaves option for you to, to mess around with it. And by the way, for the listeners, we are under flood warnings, rain warnings, hail warnings, and it's it's sunny as hell out here. Um, it's just the weather. It's Missouri weather. What what can I say? You know, I feel like it's stalled. Yeah. And it just it's we're probably going to get the bulk of this tonight and all day yeah. tomorrow. There, I look at one of these things. There's just enough of a breeze that it may be pushing it for a little while, but it's it's going to kick back. You know, it's going to come back. You're going to get it. Wow, this is really. I haven't retrohaled it, but it's really a different flavor that I I don't recognize right away. And it's kind of like a sweet, um, pungent. I don't know, pungent kind of sounds pungent negative. Sounds, no, I, it, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, pungent cool. is like something strong. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad, it's it's got kind of a, um, a sweet, pungent, but it's not like on your tongue, tasty, sweet, like candy. It's just kind of a sweet, it could, I don't know what it could be, but it's really different. thinking boy that one was of the really well, one of the one of the, the <laughs> things i said about this is like i from smoking and remembering it like when i first light this thing up and i talked about how normally you don't get it in the beginning yada yada. but when i light this up the first thing that i taste in the cigar anytime i smoke it it's almost like a crunch bar you got nestle crunch bar a little bite-sized one you get it, it's like there's a little rice crispy very little peanut and then there's that easy chocolate that sets on it but then what I said I love about the versatility of Nicaraguan spices, like in the cigar, is the spice on this is not that that pun- no pungent's right. Yeah, that pungent on the front of your tongue, and you retrohale and it's just big black pepper. It's not that. This like settles. The spice is not floating around. Mm. It's like right on the tongue. And it settles, but you're constantly salivating. Like it's making you. I call it the steak effect. You know when you're like you know when you're when you're out yeah, eating because I'm looking at that bourbon and I'm like you're having drinks and then that plate goes by and you're like. Yeah, I'm gonna have what he's at. That that thing, that's what it's doing to the palate. It's like have more. All right, well let's cheers this. Yeah. How about you tell us what we got going on? Well, let's oh. cheers and. Now that's a sweet ride. That's like cereal sweet ride. But I, I, it's it's doable, and and uh, again, I'm thinking. Okay, well, first of all, we're doing old Ezra Seven, so this is a Luxro product. Um, 
But in saying that, yeah. John Rempe, Master of Steelix, um, they've changed hands uh, because we have been doing the black label old Ezra 7 for a while now, and it's fantastic. Yep. Um, and then I saw this about three weeks ago on the shelf, and um, I got it, and we just, this is the first time we had an opportunity <laughs> to do it. And um, proof on it is 114. Have you noticed? Full proof. I, I, wanted, I wanted to bring this. It's, oh, say it first before I. It's a rye. That's what we switched right. to. It's a rye. It is a rye. It's a green gold label rye. Have you rye. noticed how many more ryes are starting to do the heavier proof setting? I don't know if it's just that I'm paying attention to it now or if that's kind of become the trend a little bit. Like, it's getting a little harder to find rye. Not that, you, I mean, not that I don't care either way, but, you know, we're kind of spoiled, right? Like, well, even 20-year Mictors is under 100. I just I think um, the guys that are out there pushing the industry right now want higher-proof bourbons. Rye, yeah. wheats, malted, whatever concoction you can come up with. But I will say, we opened it, which we all know it's not the best just to open it and taste it. But that sweet was like, it took me right to the edge. Like, it's not too sweet, nope. but it's definitely it's, sweet. I was going to say, so when I said cereal, I stopped because I was like, wait, 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 wait. I, I say that about like Angel's Envy rye is like Lucky Charms milk. That's what it, it literally yeah. tastes like sugar milk, right? Not that sweet. This is like bran flakes with a little sugar on it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's where that's at. But what's so unique is this does a little bit like um, old, the, the old elk pick lit did the rum cask rye one yeah where the sweetness comes first but then you still play around everything must be good because i'm just like liquid mouth today i'm salivating like a i think that uh, tastes fantastic but yeah that is amazing. and i think it's only gonna get better so uh, what does charcoal mellowed mean uh it says charcoal mellowed does that mean filtered I don't know, I'm a little off my game because I got a, a business call I had to handle, which is, is a little unusual. Distilled and aged in Indiana for Luxro, so MGP. Charcoal Mellow. I don't know, maybe it's a specific char level that is low, and instead of them just saying low char level, they're just saying mellow. Right. Like, you know, some char levels, they'll say it's a one, two, it's a four, right. it's a char level seven. I think are heavy char. I just think they're saying this is a a, uh, a just a mellow char level, right? Aged mm. for seven years, 114 proof, and 114 is that's high. That's high. That's and high. I didn't I didn't feel it. It was smooth. It's not the highest. I think the highest that I'm aware of that Lux Road did. Is Ezra Books Ezra Brooks Distillers Collect is one twenty, and then the Rebel Cast Strength is one twenty. They did a bunch of flagship releasing on that, and then I feel like those were the barrel picks that you could take, like lifted one of each of them. And then we found one somewhere else too. Somebody else had a Rebel. Not sure. I don't remember, but yeah, I don't know. But that's amazing. I I. I that is fantastic. And what would this bottle cost? You know, I want to say it was 
high 60s. You know, like well, 67, that's about, 68 bucks, somewhere yeah. in there. Ezra's Call right around 70, 50, whatever. 60 bucks, right? And there was only one left. And he goes, yeah, we didn't get very many of them. And they were gone. Mm. And I've never seen it anywhere else. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I, I kind of when we were downstairs looking at looking at everything you got, like you grabbed it. And I'm like, for a moment before you said it was a rye, I'm like, we've done Ezra a lot. Like, I did. I wasn't paying attention. And the temperature of it is really. Good. It's great. It's great. It's that's not, one thing about it sitting in your basement. It's about it's, 65 down there. So the temperature has definitely risen since we brought it out. It's probably 68 now. I imagine my basement stays at a probably consistent 65, 66, somewhere in that range. Oh, yeah. I couldn't imagine on the high side your basement can't get above 70. There's no way. Because you keep your you don't keep your house anything above 70, do you? No. We're usually, you know, in the day, we're down to 66. At night, we're probably, yeah. On a cold day, maybe we're 68 in the house, 69. Right. Unlike other houses that are like, they want to know why there's mold in their closets close to the wall, and I'm like, you're you're tempted, you're keeping your house at like 76. Yeah, you're creating a moisture environment. Right, you're yeah. creating humidity, uh, yeah. humidity in your closets. You got that cold wall. This is old school houses, by the way, plaster walls, and those walls get cold, and then you got the heat, and then some clothes in there. You're creating a little humidity factor that after a while it's going to cause some issues yeah i mean it uh but yeah I, that's why i've always said man i mean i think that you know obviously you can't like we talked about this before right you can't recreate climate okay you can mock it you can imitate it a little bit but you're not going to recreate nicaragua in your house you know what i mean like you can't do it but you can rel you can play inside relativity, right? There's a reason people get real nuts about relative humidity. So the idea in that is that, um, well, some of those cigars in my basement have been down there now seven years, and I'm smoking them, and they're still smoke great. So something's got to be right. Yeah, we, what, what I'm, I'm saying is three, you. But again, I don't even know if there's much fluctuation. That becomes relativity, right? Obviously, you don't want you don't want your cigars sitting in 58% humidity or even 63% humidity, right? And you don't want them sitting 76 to 83, right? So between that 72 and you know, we'll go to 66, okay? On the 66 side, if your temperature is at 70 degrees and you're at 66% you're fine you're relative to the humidity level right now if your temperature is 78 and you're at 66 well now you're just creating excess moisture it's gonna everything's gonna get fucked right you know what i mean yeah so as long as you stay in that setting so i tell people all the time like look if the temperature like you know like in, in my stand-up it reads the temperature right temperature downstairs is never never i tell you above 68 ever won't do it can't stand it get too hot gotta go outside anyway okay <clears throat> My temperature in the humidor never gets above 67.8, really, like yeah. ever. But my humidity is always between 68.9 and 70. It's just, you know, you know, I get lower than that when I tell people they can go in there and do whatever they want. That gets nuts, but. <clears throat> well, I finally took all my cigars. I, I was just really fighting the glass one in my room. 
especially over the winter. Well, so this is actually funny. I'm, you mentioned that downstairs and it refreshed a question somebody asked me uh, this past week about glass humidors. And they were like, well, you know, I was talking about one of the ones I have, my stand-up on the glass. And he goes, well, it's got glass on it. I'm like, yeah, but there is no light that reflects off that glass ever, like at any yeah. point in time. It, it just doesn't happen. Now, if I had that sitting, uh, you know, like you always see the cool pictures of it. It's sitting next to a window, right? Or And you got a little shelf next to it. If you've got that glass, what happens when light hits glass? Turns into, like, you kill the ant with the magnifying glass, right? right? It, it makes a fucking heat laser, really. So when you've got glass around everything, it's almost, you know, again, if that thing had been sitting downstairs forever, oh, it'd right, been fine it'd have been fine, right? But sitting up here, it was, it was out, then you had it in your bedroom. At one point, it was by the front door, right? It, it doesn't take, people don't understand, like, I shouldn't say it like that. That's the wrong way of saying that, like. It's not thought of. I've done it. I've done it a lot. We've done it at doing events. We're like, oh, shit, we've been outside for like six hours and these boxes have been open, right? Oops. You know, you got to check. You see me, we do it all the time now. You put your hand on the cigar, temperature the cigars. Sometimes they got to come down. You got to get them cooled well, down. You I gotta just get reach in and start smoking them and say, hey, the best way to see if things are going okay, you can touch, uh, uh, check that hydrometer. But I notice, like, okay, I go in there one day and it's like uh, 59 and it was on the bottom. Then I move it up on another level and it's reading 63. And I'm like, this is crazy. Um, and then another thing that I do, Mark's probably more proficient in his humidor than me. Like Bova does, I'm, I never order shit online because I'm so spontaneous. So if I have, let's say I got a hundred cigars in there right now. I have probably one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I probably have 10, uh, 69 bovidas in there. But I have brought them back like three times. And I noticed, you know, you see the online guys, you wrap them in water, put them in a plastic bag in a day, they're, they're back. The only issue with that is that no matter how many times you bring them back, every time you bring them back, they're less effective. Like, okay, so maybe the first one lasted me a month and a half. Right. And then I restore well, one. See, it only I've, lasts like two weeks. I've and never, then now they don't even last a week. I've never been a proponent. Like, I've talked with some of the people at Bovida. Will you ash that in there for me? The wind's blowing. I don't want it to kick everywhere for you. Um, I've talked to some of my friends and, and people at Bovida that, that talk it up and things like that, you know? Um, I don't... Uh, I don't, uh, I don't think that you can actually restore those packs. And hear me out. <laughs> if they made a replenishable pack, they'd sell a replenishable pack, right? I, I don't... <laughs> it's a bad business model. Like, I, don't, I don't understand. You know what I mean? Because I think they know what's out on Google. Yeah, And they I think work. you're okay recharging them one time. But as I'm saying... You lose your effect every time you do it, and, and, and it's not even Hear me out here. I, I bet you can recharge them, but it's dependent upon quantity that you have, right? If you had 25 cigars and a 25-count humidor recharging that Bovida, I'm sure it works great. Yeah. You got 
150 and you got three different, you know, because then that comes to question this for me too. I've talked to you before about, remember we had to fix this once in Humidor, you had like some 69s and some 72s. Yeah. Right, you're like, well, they're just fighting each other. No, no, no. I either have whatever it is, I keep it consistent. Oh, okay, okay. But I don't find that the 72s ever get to 72. But he, he, well, hear me out on this, right? So if you've got a fresh 72 in there, and then you got one that's dried out, and you sit it in distilled water, and it absorbs the content, and, and then you put it back in there, is that pack still sitting at 72? I don't think so. You know, did you see what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's why, like, again, the recharging aspect, someone did it, someone talked about it, someone put it out, um, and people started following one of those one of those silly little trends, right? Yeah. And I just feel like if Bovida was going to put out a, a rechargeable one, they would just charge you $85 for the... 10-year rechargeable humidification system. Yeah, right? I shouldn't be dealing with Bovidus anyway anymore because it's just, it's too expensive. But I'm telling you, I, I think that Bovidus the best. Now, your issue is that you've got, you've got your big three, your 310, the, the, the cooler, and you've got, there's probably 500 cigars in that thing, right? Yeah. You got, dude, you're gonna have to run like six, seven bags of Bovida in there. My, you know? my problem with my humidor is not, the Bova does, it's me. Well, because yeah. I should just order like three of the 32 mil whatever. Or or you just get a little a battery powered Oasis that's yeah. a reservoir system and yeah. it's got a fan. It's and just let that guy go. I gotta spend yeah. some time. Yeah. But I'm always like quick fixes, quick fixes. <laughs> you know, I, I go by, you know, whatever store, grab some, rip them up, throw them back in there, and life is good again. It's, it's me problem for the most part. But it should have a system in place down there. But and I've been trying to put it off because I'm wanting to get a big one and be done with it. And so anyway, it's mostly my problem. Everyone but does it. I mean, I, I just to... wanted to say the recharge doesn't really work. Maybe you get one more out of it and that's about it. Dude, take a sip of this seven rod, draw the smoke in and let it go real quick and tell me that's not peanut butter. Okay, do say what again now? Take a, take a draw of the cigar. Yeah. Let it out. Now take a sip of that with me. Yeah. It actually reminds me a whole lot. Scooby Drew used to, he had these keto uh, peanut butter cups. It didn't hit till, mm -hmm. it had to take like a second or so and then it uh, hit. Yeah, I'm not talking Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm again. I'm I, like when you reference chocolate, right? I'm not talking about chocolate cake. I'm talking about 80% cocoa. You know, like you eat it and you know what it would taste like with sugar. You know what I mean? Because you've been there, you've done that. I sit that down and pulled out. I was like, damn peanut butter cup. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. I agree. Man, this cigar. I'm gonna try to put this in words and it's really hard, but it's got a higher, um, like most Nicaraguan has a real kind of mid-range um, taste to it, like, and there's layers. This has a real high level 
of uh, something in there, and I, I just can't put words to it, but I don't know what the taste is, but whatever that pungent, um, and it's not so much sweet, or it's a, a sweetie tartness pungent, but it's really high in this. It's unusual, uh, I think. I don't know. This damn thing makes me slobber. Like the cigar is making me salivate. It's crazy. No, I get what you're saying. It gets, it's all over your tongue. It doesn't stay up. It doesn't float around. It drops right on your tongue and you're right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the construction of this thing is beautiful. I mean, just looking at it, it's gorgeous. It's great. And I, and I do like, um, you know, there was a, there was an argument back in time, uh, probably six, seven years ago. Um, people were talking about both the Lusione and the MJ side, right? And Leaf by Oscar. And they were like, so when you wrap the whole cigar up, isn't that just a gimmick? Aren't you trying to stop people from seeing what the cigar looks like? And, you know, you ha always have two points of thought in that, right? Because you do know there are companies that do it, right? They're they're in the idea of the bundle cigars. And this is beautiful. They're there to create the cigar that's affordable, and, and we're very glad those companies exist, right? You have to have those. So yes, you can hide it, but at the second time, if you knew anything about Illusion, like everything Illusion done is Illusion does is like um, conspiracy theories and aliens and the Illuminati, like that's all the artwork and stuff they do, right? So you've got a Maduro, right? Which means matured. Maduro's a darker shade wrapper. The whole thing's wrapped in a black wax paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that's a, not a is sales Is it protection gimmick. of the cigar? Or it is does it for protection of... Same damn thing cellophane does. Yeah. It's a barrier from the outside. Outside, outside influences to it, right? Then a lot of them come in the aluminum tubes. Mm -hmm. Coffins, whatever. I like tubes. I think tubos are. God damn, that thing is fruity. Um, tubo, I think tubos are the coolest. I do. Now, back in the day, a long time ago, okay, let's say I got a half an hour, still got half the cigar left. One of the things that was kind of nice about the tubes, um, but I'll tell you what I liked and what I didn't like. So, if I'm somewhere in a car or whatever, I knock it out. It, knock the ash down and I slip it back in the tube and then I'm on the road and then I go somewhere and relight it the only problem with that is whatever ash is still on it just starts um, becoming a problem with the cigar yeah well and maybe that's why I tell you about a blowout like after I relight it yeah whatever and just kind of get it to where it's clear again and you're you're getting good tobacco and, and we and we've we've talked about that right you know there's there's the idea um you know people have asked and we've answered it a couple times about do you do you relight a cigar like how long can you wait to relight a cigar yada 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 if you're relighting a cigar as you're smoking it right you're fine okay um don't cut a cigar and then smoke it again the next day I don't think you're ever going to get rid of the burn taste there but imagine, I know we've done this. We've left, we've left a location where we can't smoke and we got, you know, 20 minutes or whatever until we get where we can um, and pull the cigar back out or it's been in our hand. You light it, blow, you, you purge it, you light it, you're good to go, right? You put it back in that tube and seal that tube. It's like, again, soaking in its own sweat. It's it the is. Thing, it is. You know, and you got to think about how permeable and, and, and influential and sensitive that cigars are, right? 
There's a reason that you can take a cigar, finished cigar, a completely rolled and finished cigar, throw it in a whiskey barrel for six weeks, pull it out, and there's this liqueur ammonia to the cigar the whole time yeah. you smoke it, right? So what if it's got ash at the foot, you throw it in a tube and you seal it down for an hour, is it that hard to believe that maybe the moisture in the leaf absorbs some of that? Yeah. You know? I don't know. I think you're absolutely correct. But I think tubes are the coolest packaging. I love tubos. I love them. And I really like, like, Cuban market's very, very good at it. Cohiba's good at it on the general side. The tube is the cigar. It looks like the cigar. So, like, when you slide the cigar out, you know, like, when you look at a, okay... For example, black label and red label, Tatuaje, Bellicosos, right? So the tubes, were, one was black, one was red, Bellicoso shape, said Tatuaje, Tatuaje, slid the cigar out, held next to it, red label, Tatuaje, right? Black label, Tatuaje, and they came out. You know what I mean? I will say this about the tubes. <clears throat> I think, well, post-Cuban, Nicaragua and all the cigars we're smoking now. The Cuban cigar, I do think, is a little um, less forgiving. You really kind of have to be on it, at least in my opinion. You have to be on it with the Cubans because they seem a little more fragile. Well, I, and I think that comes down to a point we've talked about a lot. You know... Hmm... I don't even need a Boveda. Cuban if I'm tobacco. I'm smoking cigars and I just put them in a in a Ziploc for a week or whatever. I I, I think they're pretty forgiving. You can throw them in your bag. Well, most are. And what I'm trying to say is that that comes down to quality of tobacco, right? And we've talked about this before. I think that most of the quality tobacco left Cuba, man. Like <laughs> they left, you know. And then when you look at, you know, Cuba's an island. It's not like you can permeate and refresh the soil over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You know, you're basically just scraping up the same shit and planting back in it. You're going to run out of, you'll never run out of nutrient, but you're not going to have the constant turnover flow of nutrient, right? You know, it's like before in, in Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Peru, anywhere, you plant, Connecticut, right? When you yeah. plant tobacco in the United States for chewing tobacco, they till it at the end of the season. Yeah. Right? They, I, I, I'm not a farmer. I don't know if you inject it or do what, but, you know, they bring the olds on top. They bring the bottom up, put it on top, and then they go back and plant. I'll give you an example. When I was in uh, grade school and high school, I lived next to uh, a Greek family, and they had a... Uh, a lot of times in these old neighborhoods, you, you've got your garden in the back. Right. You know, you've got all your primary vegetables. You've got lettuce, some cabbage, tomatoes for sure. Sure. And you've got a nice thing there. Well, and you're doing been, like like uh, yeah, yeah. seasoning so and stuff. So yeah. he was like, hey, Steve, come to my head. And I'm very bad on how to, whatever you say. <laughs> anyway, I'd eat his shit and whatever. I'm like, you know, hey, I would like to grow my own garden. So he helped me grow my garden. After my first year, my tomatoes and all of my shit, he went over there with me. He goes, let's taste them, see how they're doing. And he, I was like, whoa. He was like, oh my gosh, your stuff is way better than mine. Because why? I'm tapping into my ground for the first time, and he's been pulling nutrients out of his right? yeah. across the driveway for 20-something years. Right. And I'm sure, you know, there's a put eggshells, coffee, ground, whatever they're doing to put those nutrients back in there. You have to be pretty good at that. But 
just like cattle. I think you have to manage your property and your growing like you can't have cattle on the same property very very long other they're destroying the grass. I think yeah. you, you have to have a controlled where you're moving them around continuously. And I think it's the same thing with planting. Now, they probably don't do that with tobacco because there's only so much ground. Well, what I'm saying is with, with, with tobacco, even though they're going back and planting back in, right? You know, you I mean, they do that shit for corn. <laughs> you know what I mean? You better believe that. You can see it. I mean, if you ever want to do a farm tour or see a factory tour, there's plenty of awesome YouTube setups for it that you can actually watch people out and they do it, man. I mean, they, I, I believe it's called tilling when you reach in, pull dirt up, and keep going, right? Yeah, tilling. But now and, they're uh, saying tilling is destroying. Maybe that. here, maybe in yes. the United States, but that's because we also have insecticides and fucking yes. We we instead of constantly, and I'm using this term, forgive me, raping the ground over and over to create yes. product. We've raped the ground to attempt to create product. You know what I mean? Like we we're, we we are we dump stuff constantly. Like I don't again. I'm not a farmer. I, I don't know, but it would not surprise me to find out that there's more additive in the ground than there is natural nutrient. I saw on these farm plots. Ted Nugent on an Instagram rant the other day, and he was talking to whoever I don't know who it was, and he's like, "Listen, man, you know." I go out and I kill one arrow, one deer for meat. Yeah, but he's also got a high fence property and he grows deer. Whatever. <laughs> he goes, I, I, I he goes, dude. now, all these, Thanks, and he, he used it just like this. These fucking vegan. Let me tell you about you, you vegan. He goes, you go out there to California where they're growing all their shit. These farmers... By the time they're done in their bean field, their lettuce fields or whatever, they've killed every mole, every squirrel, every frog. Every animal that's on that problem has been killed, tilled, and... Oh, dude. And, he goes, was... and that's even before the, the insecticides come in, the Monsanto products and shit, all to kill all of that so you can eat your fucking lettuce. Right. <laughs> And then he went, yeah, you fucking, yeah. Look, I got no problem with I'm your, like, yeah, your, like, wow, your life choice. Your, I got no problem with your life choice, whatever you want to do. It's all cool. Just don't be that that mind-eyed away from it. But I was watching something on, is there A&E or maybe history of discovery or whatever. So they talked about in um, big places like the Ozarks, Kansas, Iowa, where whitetail population is insane, right? Farmers in the off season will grow corn to attract deer into those. He goes, man, there are. What are those? Um, remember in a uh, son-in-law when Polly Shore is driving that that big, big green thing. What is that thing called? The big blades on the front of it. The combine. Oh, is it a combine? Uh, yes. He goes, John Deere made a specific tool to remove deer from the blades of a combine because when they're running that damn thing through in the morning, a deer's bedded down. Just, just roll on through, man. Think about how many. Like, think about think about gophers and squirrels, right? They're this fucking big, okay? <laughs> You're mowing down someone's. You better dinner, go down deep, right? Like, come on. But that's why that's what I mean by that when it when it comes to quality of Cuban tobacco. And don't get me wrong, it's like it's like anything else. It's with a lot of things, right? 
There are levels of tobacco in Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, our very own Connecticut, um, Peru, Costa Rica, Mexico, Brazil. There are plenty of different levels of tobaccos, right? But you can pretty much afford there's one cigar that comes to well two cigars come to mind out of Nicaragua and the Dominican Republic that are available in the market the Davidoff Oro is like 120 to 200 dollars cigar and when Cohiba does their Spectre those cigars are around 150 200 right next to that you can buy some of the most old Nicaraguan tobacco from Padron for 38 40 bucks you can buy some young tobacco from Padron right you can smoke something from Crown Heads Tatuaje Capin, uh, my father. Uh, you can smoke some from General, from Altidus. They can be, obviously, Cohiba's a General. You've got the 150 side. Altidus, you've got Rafael Nodal's special things that he do, and you've got $25 cigars, right? Now, everything that comes out of Cuba <laughs> starts at roughly, we'll say $20 for, for talk, right? But it's always interesting to me that when people are reviewing or discussing these Cuban cigars that they quote are the best they've ever had, it's the best tobaccos, this and that, they're cigars that you we can't go get, right? We could go to fly to Switzerland and buy the Switzerland country exclusive, right? Or we could go to Europe and go to uh, Fox and Cradle and go downstairs into a 200-year-old humidor where cigars will cost you $1,000 a piece. You could, you can do it. Yes, you can go get it. Right, but it's if, if that's what you're constantly reviewing and that's what you're quoting is, is the best of Cuba. Well, yeah, you're smoking shit that's 40, 50 years old. You're not smoking now. You know, yeah. it's like when 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 uh, I forget how many years ago it was. Uh, the John F. Kennedy estate sold one of his humidors and still had a hundred cigars in it pre-embargo. Was taken care of. The cigars could be smoked. It was bought, right? Man, would it be amazing to smoke one of those, right? But what would it taste like now? I've never done one, so I wouldn't know. I know I mean, think of a just think of a sixty-year-old cigar. What would it taste like? Kept in perfect condition for sixty years. What would it taste like? Air. <laughs> really? Yeah, man, dude. We we've sat down and smoked cigars from two thousand twelve. What do you think is the okay? You know, I mean. Look, the oils are going to leave the cigar. I, I mean, it's going to disappear. Is, you know, it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of hype. Uh, and, and, and and listen, I, I most of the time, okay, me and you maybe buy a $20 cigar here and there. But for the most part, our price point is somewhere between $10, $14. And you and I, believe it or not, sometimes we do some bigger shit on here. Uh, we have some stuff privately collected and held on to. But... You and I fall into the same category as 85% of cigar smokers. We're medium buyers. We are inside the perspective range, which now is roughly 12 to 1550. That's kind of the range now, but I can we could just right now lay our fucking humidors out. All our humidors out. I would guarantee that less than 10% of everything we have, including Craft and Puro, is over an average stick cost of $20. And it's kind of the same thing with bourbon, too. I mean, there's some bourbon I think it's okay. worth the money. Now, you got some shit down there, so you stop. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
No, do I have some things down there that are now very expensive? Yes, they weren't when I bought them, but. That's true. And most of what I have, if you opened a bottle up and tried it, you would see what I paid for it. You would go, God, today it's worth every bit of that. But um, I have a hard time out on the road uh, spending the money for a pour, unless it's something very unique and it's reasonable and I'd like to try it to see if it's worth uh, a future find for me to, to maybe get it. What's this? Bourbon. Oh yeah. Oh, you're talking in yeah, all. For example, in all. Sorry. I think I paid thirty dollars for a pour down there at Bellwether for that six-year uh, family estate. The uh, Willet. The Willet, and I, I thought it was very good. Um, now, what I could get one of those or find, I, who knows? It's really hard to find Willet, I think. But um, anyway. But then I, I also, as much as I like finding those values and stuff that I think is extremely good. I, I love talking about the shit. Like I just, I always in reviews hear about Wild Turkey 101. There's a lot of guys out there that I'm telling you, I've heard guys that have been in this for 20 years that say Wild Turkey 101 is the man. Well, you know, I'm never afraid to admit when I'm wrong. I still remember this pool wasn't here. Yeah. That barrel, where's that barrel at? That barrel that's in there, we put right out there, or maybe we were right here. We sat here, we did a podcast, we were looking out, the maple had just gone in, we were looking out, and uh, I was shit talking wild turkey. Yeah, you had just got that one, yes. or the le legacy, whatever it was, the one that came in the cool case, or whatever, yeah. and uh, you we brought that out, and then you had not even this bottle, like, like wild whatever wild turkey is just plain wild turkey we did rare breed and the old this isn't the this is the new 101 bottle yeah it's a newer bottle the old bottle. 101 and we sat here and i ate my damn words the whole time i was like well and we shit, did it again because we watched a chiefs game and yeah. i brought a bottle yeah and we drank the whole bottle yes we did so yeah. what i'm gonna do i was gonna ask you though you brought this out have you seen the rye there's a one-on-one rye i know i haven't tried it i haven't either but it's green but what i want to yeah. do today is and i i've got some other bottles and that's fine but i'm gonna go down and get the maker's mark 101 and we'll um compare the two because i'd like to know because oh, cool. me and you really like the 101 makers and i'd like to put the turkey against the maker. I do believe I tried to put out a service announcement that Maker's Mark should stop doing everything else. Oh, yeah, you yeah, 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 yeah. All right. All right, run on and do that. Talk about uh, it. I'm going to run down because yeah. you're almost done with your step. Grab it and bring it up. We'll get it going. Hey, guys. FFK here. Make sure to tune into every episode of Crafting Boodle. And don't forget that, ass listeners, you guys receive a 15% discount on the entire order when you shop at my store. Promo code CraftBoodle15. Once again, craft Poodle 15 Make sure you follow me at Instagram at FFK underscore stands so you can receive that discount. And once again, thanks for listening and thanks for enjoying the podcast. I got to tell you, I am going to make sure, I think I talked about this before. You know, as a cigar smoker, Shit, a bourbon drinker, a, a a truck guy, a car guy, a movie guy. You're gonna latch on to certain things, right? 
every now and then a cigar comes out. You've all got your favorites. You get, there, there are cigars that any cigar smoker can list off the top of their head they smoke any time of day, right? And then there's any cigar smoker that I don't care if you got a 50 count humidor or you got your your store owner and you you've got thousands on thousands of cigars, right? Every now and then there's a surprise. You suddenly find something you forgot you had or you didn't realize you ever actually bought, right? And it pops back up. Or you hit on something that you know, you know it well, you just haven't touched it in X amount of time. This MJ-12 falls into that again. It settles right into that point. I haven't smoked one of these in it's been at least months. I do believe I had one when they first came into the humidor at Lit, stopped in there and grabbed one. Um, but before that, just Illusion's not regularly available everywhere. It's still a unique boutique. Um, it was just interesting in that, that aspect, but the cigar is phenomenal, and I, I wouldn't change anything about it. I'll tell you that right now. Nothing about this cigar. That's funny. There's about the same one. Right. Now, we first did the Maker's Mark 101 on that Halloween podcast with the Squirt German, right? We made the joke. We had something like, uh, we had something like, I think between the four bottles on the table, it was over $700 or something. We were just trying to have fun. Everybody kind of brought a big dog. And then the Squirt German sets down <clears throat> Maker's Mark 101. And we're like, uh, we'll do it last. It's going to be the worst. It actually ended up being the best bourbon that day, which I still find funny. But Now, I don't think we should, <clears throat> just on the comparison, mm -hmm. I think we should do it fairly quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then. I'm going to need to. And then we can go back mm -hmm. on the winner. So let's do that All one. Right. Now, this is Maker's Mark 101. That's the first time we've done this. I know. I'm excited. Well. Relatively speaking. Well, we on the podcast. <laughs> on the podcast. Comparing shit. I think they're... I think they're just going to be a little subtle... little subtle differences. I'm betting. This is not as sweet as I remember. No. Uh, less than everybody. Do not eat a cashew before you try to compare a whiskey. <clears throat> that, um, right now, I don't like that. I don't know what we do. Um, it could also be that we just came down off of that Ezra 7 rye, and that was so sweet that we're getting back to... That Ezra was sweet. I mean, it's it's flat. You remember before that, that, that place closed downtown? That one time we were all down there? We shot down there on that Saturday, whatever it was. And they were closing up, and we drank yeah. some of their shit? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it was kind and of like a wet paper bag. And it was oh, yeah. horrible. Of course, I don't know if they weren't putting shit in the bottle. Mm. Mm. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> All right, so now we're moving over to 101. Uh, sorry, Wild Turkey 101. 
that that's cigar a, made it better. I'll tell you what. Well, the clouds are moving in. Yeah. Because I'm getting a bit chilly. I brought out a rat. All right. Uh, let's see. I, you're I'm assuming guessing, it's better because I, you're pouring it a little bit. Not necessarily saying it's better. It's just like a little. I'd give a little. It's edge. got a little more volume. I give a little edge to the turkey. I think. Yeah, I, it's got, I, I feel like it's got a little more volume. But here you go too. It says here barrel char number four, so it's on a char level. You need to get that poster printed and take it with us. So we understand that. I'll tell you what. You know, it's actually you, you would think. Um, it, I actually had a really cool conversation. Uh, you and I started it and then I kind of brought it up again before look cigars whiskey even craft beer now depending on what kind of beer you're making and wine they are so much the same thing with different starting tools but let me tell you something if you're going to dive into tobacco and, and know the inner workings and the feelings and playings on tobacco it's incredibly hard to dive into whiskey and know its set ends its growth it this this that and the other it's not easy to do um the only saving grace is that we're not afraid to try anything new so when i see something i haven't had let's get a pour let's play with yeah. it and then and then at least you have a personal it, it may may not be educated sometimes it's not educated but you've got a personal answer Hey, what'd you think of this? Ah, you know, sometimes it's not good. It can go a long way or it, you know, it, it I don't know, but. Um, I don't, this was not an aha moment. I thought it would be more aha, but it really wasn't that aha. It was. Uh, you got your dude jacket on. Yeah. You making white Russians? <laughs> this is, kind of, I had. It's like the dude jacket. I, I did. Mean, it's not long, but it's like the dude jacket. At one time, I did have the dude jacket, did and I, I I wore it for a night, and it was like too too heavy. <laughs> it was too heavy, and I'm not a dude. Well, I am a dude, but I'm not. You're out of your league, Aja. You're not the dude. No, there's only one dude. Like, come on, man. You got the glasses too. You're almost yeah. a dude. Yeah, it's the same color. Yeah, you're in the glasses. Yeah, you pretty. This crossed a little less. This was like 35 and. The dude jacket like the long was like a hundred and uh, right, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Would you call that a cardigan? That's a cardigan, right? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I've had it for. I got some of those, but my problem is my. We talked about before. Listen, uh, 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 fucking chicken. Yeah. Well, my chest. I, I got a pretty big chest. Um, I mean, I'm a 56, maybe. What? A 40, not 56, a 46, probably. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get I'm a like, date measure. Bro, I'm a 58 large, or 48 large. I'm like, how the fuck are you a 56? <laughs> a 46, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm a 48 large. And again, it's not It's not because I've got this, you know, beat on chest. It's my shoulders. So you have, you have yeah. to go wider Mine are and a little tighter. more rounded. You've got yeah, minor, square. minor. Well, I've got these things off my neck that flex upward. Yeah. Now that we've got through our personal issues, <laughs> sorry, I had to work that out real quick. Yeah. 
I'm like, bitch, 58. I'm like, get, hey, ref, well, get I'm the tape like, measure. Hey, guess what? I'm like 128. I mean, I'm sorry, 100, 228. And I'm like, really? Today, tomorrow you'll be back to 230 or whatever. Oh my God, that's funny. That is an anyway. amazing cigar, man. Like I, I'm just enjoying smoking the cigar. Hey, let's go golfing next week. First of all, we shouldn't even talk about it because every time we schedule, good point, one, good point, something good point. happens. But it does look like we're gonna have a nice run, maybe through Monday. Yeah. Thursday could get a little shaky, but yeah, I'm excited as hell to get out and do our first uh, game together. Yeah. Hell yeah! I just want to slap some balls, dude. I mean, I've actually hit some like a week ago. Did you really? Yeah. We've got a driving range just down dude, the street. Dude, I. What? Okay, you know where um, it's really nice, dude. Five for no, five. No, no, I'm, what I'm wanting is why have we not done this before? I don't know. By your like by here near your home? Yeah, it's about five minutes from here. You know where we went to down there, um, um, Rebus Barracks, and um, we went to that little bar, sports bar. We did a podcast there. They had the jerky. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, right across the street, there's a driving range. All we do oh, is by River City. Oh, it's like, you know, it's just. When we went to the old Anheuser bar, that one? No, no, no. That's down South that's City. Le- yeah. This is like if we get on the highway and head south, it's the first exit down here by DePere, the hospital here. Yeah. It's just down the street from the hospital. What bar do we podcast at, though? Um, I don't know. Can't think of the name. Right on. Cool. Because I got memory like. You know, it's like street names. I, I just, I know landmarks. I know where I'm going. Yeah, I know yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, I have then, the, But uh, we had the jerky in the bags that we used to get, the same jerky we used to get down at the haunt. And they had it, and we sat up at a high top, you know, and then it's at Big Ben and like something. Yes, it's next to TJ's Wings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Chief Doug told us about it. We played cornhole in the corner, or we played uh, uh, golden tea in the corner. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. about five minutes from here. Yeah. But you just go in, you put your card, you get a five buck, you get a bucket of balls, and they've got an upper and a lower, and you just smack them around. And believe it or not, my irons nice. have gotten pretty good, and I, I was able. I always feel like there's a different stroke for the irons than the woods, but um, I got it kind of worked out. So. But, when I played, I played that solo in the rain when it was cold. You had you had you had house stuff you had to do. I played I played twelve holes and I was gonna play eighteen, but when I looked, <laughs> can't believe you got twelve. No, 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 I got to I, I was getting around to the third hole in the second nine. Sorry, the fourth hole in the second nine. It's that par three right there. I'm looking at the hole and you can see the rain at the hole. Put the club back in, ball in my pocket, turned around, drove across the course. <laughs> back I, I put that thing away got my clubs in the truck got under i'm talking here got under rain was going sideways and there was snow falling down that's crazy yeah but um hero balls were you smacking them no yet? we haven't got those yet oh yeah they should be done next week but um are we done with yes uh, yes okay yes. well you didn't even know where I, you knew where yep. i was going with that done done yeah so we'll have to be visitors now yeah yeah oh, actually man. we've got till may because they are forcing us to pay till May. There's like a 60-day cancellation. Something. Oh, good yeah. to know. Fuck them. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Love you, Matty Ice, but fuck them. 
Um, well, he don't have anything to do with it anymore. All good. Just, I don't want to yeah. upset him. But, no. So, when I played that day, dude, drives are going where I want them to. I was hitting great irons off the fairway. I, I was in the sand one time. And it was on that 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 par three. Yeah. That's uh, after the water, after the hole that's up high. I shoot over the trees. And then you go over the water, that next one. Yeah. I I was like, I've never. I've never right down to that corner. Yep. Either you, you go past the green, you're in the woods. Funniest part about it, I've never put backspin on a ball before. I hit it. It landed on the green. Now, granted, it was 20 yards from a flag. Rolled backwards, caught the hill, and rolled down in the sand trap. Okay. Okay. Now, now we're in a golf. Now. I, I'm interrupting. Yep. But don't let me forget, I want to tell you this shot I saw a pro do. Go ahead and finish. Okay. Yeah. So I'm playing through the whole thing, right? This is what pisses me off about golf. I'm normally a fairly okay putter, right? Like, I mean, I've had some cool stuff. You usually stuff. are a pretty good putter. Dude, so I shot on 14 or 13, 14 holes, 12 holes, 12 holes. I shot a 96. So I was, I mean, granted, I'm terrible. You know, I'm terrible. That's horrible, right? Because par on the. Par for the whole course is 72. I was at 96 already. I've checked but, our scores. We're average. But uh, if, we're, if we're scrambling, we're two above par. We're, we're, yeah. We'd be a good, good, good uh, twosome. Like it would, it would work out well. But, um, dude, I was all everything was good. I was on the green and two, three par fives. I was on the green in two shots, bogeying them both. I just, I couldn't putt. Yeah, some days. But well, then there's some days where it takes yeah. me five shots to get to the green, and I nail a 29 yes. yard putt. If you like, can it, get it's or foot, sorry, not yards, foot. Two sorry. shots, two to three, you're on the green. You got on a par five, three to the green, two on the green, right? There's your par five. Yeah. Um, but you're either it's shitty getting there, or it's bad when you get Dude, there. Dude, there were some where like you know how good I am with my pitch up wedge, like that's the. We've joked, like we've sat there and watched, and we're warming up. I can put that pitch wedge pretty much anywhere I want it to. That's my club. Dude, two of those par fives, I'm like, okay, 48 yards. I kind of cock it back to about here. Oh, Jesus Christ. Mark. Sorry, buddy. Oh, it's all right. We've got the little sucker offer. I pull it back to about here, hit it. All of a sudden, my beard goes like this because the wind's blowing. That ball goes. Gone. It was really cool though. Uh, you know that first par five on the ridge side where you come up on the entryway to to the, the place? Yeah. Right? Um, I hit a ball. I was like, oh, my drive's going straight. So I stood straight and hit it. And no, it did one of these question mark things. Lands. This dude stops his car, grabs the ball, throws it. Gets Back his car, drives away. No, into the fairway. <laughs> So That's I drove. No fault to you. I drive down. And I was like, you "Well, take this is shot. my second stroke, bro. The, the hell of a hell drive." Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and go with bystander interference. It's a thing. So, there was some turning the other day. I was watching or whatever, and um, John Rom hit the ball backwards ball and put it in the was hole. right yep. here by a tree. It was John Rom? Yeah. And uh, he's right-handed. Yep. So he's screwed. But he turned his club up like that. Yeah. And he came back, and I don't know how he did it. He he still would have had to do it left handed. Come here. Come here. And so, he came in here and did it like that and hit it. Here, so let me see that. You sit but down. But you saw the same thing. Yeah, I sit down so they can hear you. So, John Rom in the uh, 
last week's competition, right? So he's he's right-handed, okay? He walks up. Now this is the water line, okay? The ball's sitting here, right here. The hole is back in the corner of that. He looks at the hole, holds the club this way, right? Or he's standing like this. Looks back and he goes, that ball rolls up right in the hole. I don't know. I've never Crazy. seen him turn their club upside down like that. Well, you'll see. You'll see some of these guys. These guys practice. You know, they've got to shoot left-handed. You know, because some, some, some people just. You know, they, they can. There's a reason they're a pro, right? They can correct a shot anywhere. But look at that. You can see. Just I. This is on all my iron shots. I could literally probably just use this one. But you can see where I'm, I mean, I'm getting my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I slowed my turn down and adjusted just a few your, things. Your issue, like, this is what's funny. So the Cowboy and I give each other golf lessons and we don't know what the fuck we're doing, but. I love it though. Your, your issue is like, you know how you're always like, God, you get under your ball. See, I, I hit my iron this way. Like that's how you're supposed, you're supposed to hit it this way. You hit your iron this way. Yeah. So like your, your ball will get this high you know and go why 70 is? yards because i'm i'm doing it with all arms i'm oh, not yeah. rotating like when i, I mean, get i ain't got hips to I rotate hate. bro i'm up here and i'm bringing it back and i'm way out here and i'm coming through straight and i'm trying to yep. get it like that instead i'm trying now to come here and turn my leg and come through and use a little more hip right right and is it working out? Yeah, but it's all muscle memory. Know. And see, I stopped. Like you know, we we joked about it. like I stopped doing warm up shots and stuff. Like because I just feel like I get see my my problem is I get too much in my head, and I start like okay, you got to do this, do this, do this, do that, right? And I just take it back to when I was playing when I was playing hockey, man. Like you, you could give me every single break point down lesson on a shot. I'd be like, yeah, 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 just do it. You do it, I'm like, I'm just gonna try and emulate that. Let's, let's, let's do that. Let me just oh. try and do the same thing. We and eventually I got pretty goddamn good. Yeah. But that's one reason too, like I love when we play golf and like all the guys we played golf with have been great. My biggest thing is someone's like, 10 bucks at home, like, fuck yeah, I'll win one. I will win one. Yeah. But you gotta, you know, it was also funny too. I played that, I played that tournament, I told you just like three years ago. Four years, six, seven, I don't know how long it was. Um, no, we were going to play, and we couldn't get everybody together. You were going to Key West. I couldn't get, we were going to play that tournament at Fox Run. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But he was like, hey, can you turn in your handicaps? And I was like, yeah, we're 36 handicaps. He goes, you can't have a 36 handicap. I'm like, no, I'm telling you, if you give me two strokes a hole, I'm even at par. We're playing 18 holes times two is 36, right? Like, he goes, really? And you want to play this tournament? I'm like, yeah. I'll win one hole. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, man. <laughs> I don't give Did a you shit. Sent, I asked you, I don't even know how to figure out my handicap. And you sent me some calculation. I'm like, no, bro. You got to explain it to me. You can't so send me way, a calculation. The way I was told is what you're supposed to do is play 10 rounds of 18. You, 10 rounds? Yeah, I'm lucky yeah. if over, I get 10 rounds no, 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 a year. Over, yeah, whenever, right? So but then what you do in a week. is you take your average, you take your total, you take, what is it? You add up your score and get your average score, whatever that is over par. 
Right. I get you now. That then you that, that overage is your handicap. Now Wait, most guys ten games though. Most guys are like a twelve to fourteen handicap. That's, that's terrible. Like that's been, I'm thirty six, bro. Like yeah. Thirty-six, right? I'll, if you give me two strokes a hole, if I had to tell that go. guy there and I'm checking in and he asked me that, I'm fucked for the day already. Because I'm just like, what? Handicap. So the guy told me he goes, just tell him your handicap's eighteen. I'm like, all right. It's like a one stroke a hole. That's dope, man. And then I put my water in on a par three, I can still par. But that's on eighteen holes. Eighteen holes, yeah. See, yeah. we got to start playing 18. I know. I, we got I like to. nine. Got to. I, I, perfectly for me, 12. But well, I'm just see, like, but nine is cool. We're going to par. If we did 12, 12 holes, we're going to par probably three. But why don't we four. Why don't we play 18 and scramble it? Well, whatever. I mean, yeah. you can jumble it around however yeah. you want. But I'm just saying, I, I just use nine as a standard. If we did nine holes, we probably par three. And we're probably one to two over on the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just found out, too, like, when you're playing in the fall, look, I've gotten pretty good at finding my ball. I've actually, I actually had to learn how to swing, right? Like, keep your head down. The idea, I learned the whole thing about that. The reason to keep your head down is it's got something to do with the, the reaction of your brain. When the club comes through and you follow the club, your eyes will look for the next moving thing. So like when you come up and the club goes and you look up, you're, you're gonna find your ball, right? You've gotten pretty good at doing that. I hit this shot a few weeks ago when I was playing and I pulled the bomb pop out and I I swear to God that ball went 250 yards on that fairway. See, went right, right, I saw the flag, saw the ball come down to the right of the flag. 35 minutes, I couldn't find that ball. Sure, it didn't go under the ground. It may have. Yeah, I don't know. Like it just it gone. But around the green, dude, there were leaves this high. Like I stepped in two holes. Like you didn't even know they were there. Just leaves. Well, this I high. will say this. I would say you're a better golfer than me because I have not uh, been able to. And it's all me. I just have not got into using my hybrid yet. I'm still trying to figure out. First of all, my I use drive one. and my iron. I use one. It's the bomb pop. Right. And I haven't figured it out because... And what is that? Is that a two? It's a four or five hybrid. Yeah. And see, but you got like, you got a whole Callaway Big Bertha set. So you've got like fairway woods. You got a hybrid. You got, like Linda's got, she's got like 30 fucking clubs, dude. Like there's angle. Like you remember when Scooby Drew had that, that thing? Yeah. And he like, he was like three yards off. That ball went 30 feet in the air and fell two feet in yeah. front of him. I bet you there's guys who could go out just with that seven club and play with the seven. Well, you're going to need a putter. If no, 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 he no, could no. probably even putt with if the damn If fucking thing. Tiger Woods was like, I'll play you 18 holes for a million dollars, I'm only using a two. I'd be like, bro, you got to give me 12 holes. <laughs> give me 12 holes. <laughs> First of all, we're never, ever going to be with <laughs> Tiger Woods. Give me anywhere. 12 holes. <laughs> That's that's crazy, man. The I mean, time it, we're going to see Tiger if he fucks up and drives his car off the road again, and we happen to come by and help him out, we're never going to be golfing with Tiger Woods. Don't say never. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Don't say never. Don't say never. Come on, I want to golf with Tiger Woods. 
Actually, I watched, um, speaking of golf, then we'll come back to the cigar. I'd like to talk about smoking with some guys, because I, I think that would be hilarious. I still would love to we smoke a cigar with sports in there. No, I won't. I Never. Think be, I think it would nope. be fun as hell. Never. Why? Because he dips his cigars in tequila. Yeah, Never. But, no. Yeah, but he also eats dinner with his donkeys. Mm, so double no, because he was having <laughs> dinner with the donkey. You know, and say he's got like yeah, two no. minutes of ponies and a donkey donkeys. He's having dinner with. That's eccentric, and I can appreciate that. If no, you no, got no. money, hey, you can well, have there's fun a like difference that. between eccentric and fucking weird. Wow. Okay. There's a difference. <laughs> if well, I called you and said, "Hey, bro, I'm having with, dinner with my what's pet the possum. biggest eccentric we've ever been with?" Lars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hands down, nobody better. Yeah, nobody him. better. Nobody better. And we stayed up with him till three in the morning. So why would we not? For sure. Exactly. We found the only, only place, even in the city, the only place open was some breakfast place. Yeah. Remember he pulled his own spices up? Exactly. She's so like, salt and pepper? Got it. Zip. He's like, okay, everybody hold on. Okay. He just, hey, he's got hey. his little purse. The fanny pack pulls, thing. Yeah, he pulls out. I'm like, Wait, is that a new one? Because that's another purse I haven't seen. Did you just make that in the bathroom, or where'd, where'd that come from? Would you wear a fanny bag? Uh, like socially, no. <laughs> like if I'm in the fucking woods and I'm gonna do some hiking, I'll wear some sort of backpack or fanny pack. Or Excuse me. Shit. Socially, like, no. Like, no. I'm going to go to Lent this afternoon, no. and if I walk in there with a fanny pack and every head turns, <laughs> it's like, is that Hodge over there with a fanny no, pack? No, it's just, look, I, <laughs> socially? Right. First of all, I that love that, I love that you weird. think everyone would be like, Hodge, there's a fanny pack on. No, they'd be like, hey, he's got Whoa. a dude sweater on. <laughs> the first thing, if I walked into Lent with a fanny pack, probably the first guy that would look at me hey, would be, Silent Bob. Scooby Drew would look like, what the Silent fuck? Bob and Joe Rogan wear fanny packs. Hey, good for them. Good for them. I'm gonna uh, try a little more of this one. Yeah, I'll have one. a little more of that. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's, it just had a little more depth, volume. Yeah, than that I, one I don't did. know. I don't know. Look, I actually wonder, not... I'm gonna go back to that before we're done, because I want to stay off the cashew for a minute, but I had a, little, I had a little couple cashews and it didn't really work out with that. Yeah. But guys, this cigar is absolutely amazing. We could be a little off point today, but we're just trying to Probably. have a little fun this afternoon. And um, we just, you know, it's so depressing to hear about all the rain. And we're so ready for sunshine and good times. And um, this whole, what do they call it? I'm ready to stop. Weather of river clothes, or man. river. I don't like know there's this about. river pattern that we're stuck in that comes off. Uh, the Pacific and just rolls across. I mean, California is getting fucking way late, man. They had tornadoes in LA the other day. Good. And there's trees down water. There's Good. more snow than they've ever seen. And Good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, clear it out. Start over. Great. All about it. And then at the end yeah. of the game, just throw a, like a eight point something earthquake in it. Start over. All about it. Um... No, so something that came up the other day that I wanted to... Well, I want to I want to get back to who we smoke with. We haven't done that in two years. We talked about it before. We had a top five, but we'll do two guys you want to smoke with, okay? But first, lighter preference. So I had a... <laughs> I made a joke the other day with somebody. We were talking, and he, he was sitting there, and he picked up three different lighters that didn't work, and he was like, give me over reliable. And I went, oh, you mean matches? 
He was like, no, dude, you're, you're 007. I'm like, no, 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 Overliable is the matches. He goes, no, 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 matches don't work. I'm like, they're not going to work in here? You know, the, the lighters will always run out of gas. You know, one thing they'll always strike is a match. Yeah. Right? So, when it comes to lighting your cigar, what is your preferred preference? And inside that, how do you feel about blow torches? And when I say blow torches, I'm talking about tabletop torch lighters. Okay? Versus quad flame, triple flame, dual flame, single flame. I think they all, I mean, honestly, uh, uh, I think they all have a usefulness, right? Depending on the weather, the inside and whatever. Listen, a good striking match is fantastic. Um, and I love matches. I've done the cedar, I've done the whole thing. If we're in a controlled environment, inside matches are great. Now, I've had a lot of lighters. I've been very fortunate with this little pocket DuPont Mini has been really good to me the last couple of years because out of all of them, usually, I mean, let's be honest, a good DuPont, really, the igniter goes out in about a year, a year and a uh, half. The best DuPont I've had is the- Does it make it a year? 007 Lane Okay, but uh, there's other issues with your, you yes. gotta buy special fuel and whatever. Yes. This one's been pretty good to me, but overall, I'm just saying this has been good to me. Um, the Mandalorian that I bought like three years ago now is the Mando's cool. and that's it was like a fifteen dollar lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the new ones that Tommy's pushing, I have a soft flame. To me too, and it's working. I haven't great. filled it yet. That's my it's, truck lighter, dude. I know. I, that's my. I, I haven't filled it yet. And um, the Mad Russian invested in. Um, I don't know if it's a double flame, tri flame, because. Um, is yours a soft flame Mine too? Mine is soft flame, yeah. Okay, so my blue one, it's been, so far, I, I've been really happy with that. But honest to God, the the, the cheaper ones have done well. Um, okay, so on that, you're obviously a, a, a flame, a jet flame guy, right? Yes. Um, we, can, we can go ahead and control the, look, I think everybody's a romantic soft flame individual guy or gal when you got the right setting for it the match the cedar we've talked about that but most of the time you've got to run with 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 a, a jet a type of a type of butane set flame right now do you prefer a single flame a dual flame triple flame or a big boy quad flame and even after that a tabletop lighter which is typically a quad flame most of the time but inside that setting what do you prefer how many jets? One through four. I mean, I think the single flame. Now we all know that this little mini is a directional. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm in love with it is I always wear a Levi's, so I've got that little pocket. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, there's listen, this is kind of a complicated question you ask. It because is because you can lose lighters very easily in a group setting because everybody's asking for your lighter. Inevitably, I'm always asked for my lighter. I've lost two cutters in three weeks, so. Yeah. I put it in that little pocket and I keep it and it's been a safe haul for me. And I got a single flame, it goes directional. And, and listen, in the daylight, you may not see how directional it is, but when the sun goes down and you're in a dark setting, this is probably about a four to five inch 
like zero skate directional. Yes. It hits yeah. it right on the spot. Yes. So I kind of like that. But I'm just telling you, a four flame, fuck. I mean, that's like over. Well, so well, the reason I asked that is like when I was having this this kind of topic conver topical conversation was, look, if you're a guy that smokes, guy or girl that smokes, your minimum ring gauge is 60. I think quad flames have a unique place because look, look the girth of the cigar, right? You, you know, if, if you have a single flame like, like we do or a soft flame, dude, you're going to burn through butane or fuel or whatever the ignition source is just to light the cigar, let alone touch it up or relight or whatever, right? Now, I there are two flames that I... I'm a soft flame guy. Everybody knows that. I love soft flame lighters. Um, they're just my favorite. I, I, I think you get a more controlled light because the flame doesn't get as hot. Right? There's methods and science in there somewhere. Um, but what I love about a single flame is it gives you directional control. You can light the cigar without burning the wrapper. Right? You can actually pinpoint real quick what you want to do. Dual flames are cool. And then I love flat flames. A flat flame lighter gives you a fanning effect when you light. Um, but when it comes to quad flames or big tabletops, I don't care how long you've been lighting a cigar, it's inevitable you're going to make the mistake where you lean. With four flames, you may lean a little too far right, or north, south, east, or west. You're going to burn a finger. You're going to burn the top of the cigar, or you're going to nuke your, your fucking hand, right? Yeah. Um, but... Again, of course, it's a preference thing, right? Based on what you do enjoy. But like the Cowboys said, I think there's a time and place for all of it, you know? Um, don't get me wrong. We've got I've got, we've got a couple quad flame lighters that are in our golf bags. We're having a cigar on the course, you know, and the wind's going crazy. If you really want to smoke that bad, you're canoeing. There's nothing that fix a canoe faster than a quad flame lighter. Just yeah. nip, cleans it up. You're good to go. Get right back at it. When the wind is rather crazy outside, if you're outside or you're sitting under a vent or something that's giving extra air movement into the space of the lighter, nothing beats a quad flame, right? Because there's four jets going at once. You can kind of adjust yourself to light the cigar, etc. <laughs> um, but overall, <coughs> obvious soft flame without a doubt, the single flame is the way to go because with the lighter, for the guys watching the video, you can actually direct where you want to touch, how you want to touch, the angle you want to take, and what you want to light. I don't think there's anything better than a single flame lighter as far as butane goes. I don't. Yeah. You know, but again, if, if the minimum ring gauge, if you're a 60 to 64, uh, if you're into these 70s and 80s, don't use a single, I mean, uh, I would never Billy take Boy, this one Billy on a Boy, golf Billy Boy smoked that um, April Fools from Asylum that 880, and initially I gave him this lighter. This thing ran out of butane, yeah. trying to light it. So then I went back, got one of those big Cohiba four burn, yeah, got that cigar lit. You know, it, it was a fun conversation because preference is always there. You know, if I'm indoors but, in my pocket, I'm with a single flame. If I'm gonna be really super dressed up and go to a nice event, I'm gonna take my uh, Cohiba uh, stainless. Your Corona. Or my, the Corona. The Corona. Yeah. Um, uh, Silver-plated beauty. Yes. Yeah. And I'll take something a little nicer with me. And then if I'm on the golf course, I have to have a dual or a three-flame 
um, with a bigger cigar. And yeah. it's just, but in, in saying that, I always have to think, me and you are always thinking ahead of the game. A lot of guys don't, they just go with whatever and borrow from whatever. I've never been with one of those guys. I like to be a standalone and share with Well, but even, even even in that statement, it's it's inevitable. You didn't you didn't just become a standalone. You learn to become a standalone, right? right? You know, because I don't um, want to be asking everybody for everything I yeah, need. No, it's a lot like of guys are like that. It's like something I up my game on and we had a big conversation with with everybody, and I shouldn't say everybody. We were all kind of talking intimately, you know, discussing about how to better kind of move around a lounge when you're helping somebody. I'm like so I've got my lighter, okay, that I use, and then this guy is always in my Levi pocket. And you're cruising around, you're saying, hey, what's up? Ah, you got a lighter real quick? Yeah, man, here, go nuts. Light it up, put it back in the pocket, you're good to go. You're moving around, right? But how many times have we talked about, we, you know, we're kind of funny because when we're sitting in a social setting and smoking, at any given time, there's four cutters and nine lighters on the table, right? Like, we, we, we know, they're there. Um, but that's also because of the opportunity moment, people, right? Like. I think some of the most fun people in the cigar industry are the opportunity smokers. And what I mean by that is they don't have humidors at home, right? They're cigar smokers. They don't have humidors at home. They don't, you know, they don't store stuff. They don't save anything. They don't, maybe they carry a Bic or they got a cool lighter. They, you know, the Zippo thing was really cool with all the, the inserts for Zippos now. It's great. You know, you've got your, your grandfather's Zippo case that you've got a, a, a dual, dual flame lighter in, right? Um, but... You, you have these individuals that like to smoke, but they don't carry all the necessary tools, you know? Speaking um, of, but jumping off to your thing, is like I have Janine's uh, grandfather and father were pipe and cigar smokers, and I have chain um, gold-plated, and, and what I mean gold, light gold, um, razors on chains where you actually pull out a razor and you just cut, you take that razor and just cut the end of it off. You, I've never showed you that? No. Yeah, I'll show you one before I go. Yeah. I've got a couple of those um, and I don't use them a lot because I don't know if they still make the, uh, the razors that fit those. Um, Is it like a barber razor? Yeah, no, it's like a, like a regular razor that you would put in a scraper razor, only it's a little longer and a little thinner, and it pops out, and you so, just take it and cut it. So I've shown you uh, the Fine Flame, uh, Le Finiste Flama, that's who did my punch bracelet. I've shown you their cutters, right? And then the scissors, I have, what is the X, uh, God. Did they find those, by the way? The what? Do you know my scissors? Where did, I didn't know you lost I remember them. I couldn't find him when we were leaving uh, Dalton's place. Oh, well, we'll have to check. I didn't yeah. ask him about it. So I've shown you these, right? So like Finis Stefanos made these. No. Okay, so they're designed after a straight razor. So Wreck-It Rusty has one. That's like a pocket knife slash yeah, cutter. Uh, but my problem with Soifer it... Soifer has one. Yeah, but my... Pro well, his is bench made. That one's different. With these, the problem is there's no safety on that blade. So that blade just kind of falls in and out. So I've been thinking about this for a little while. You know, I'm a, I am ai don't shave my own head or anything, but I'm fascinated with barbers and straight razors. Like just, I got my head straight raised yesterday. It is one of the most amazing. It, I, just, I love how it feels. It's great. It's clean. It's perfect. But I've always thought about it. I'm like, dude, what if I could find this super unique straight razor and get good enough that I could just lay that blade across the top 
and clean a cigar with it. Well, I'll and then show have you this sweeney top. You know, you these straight razors, man. They're you know they're every bit of six, seven inches. Whip out this blade and just clean the cap off a cigar, right? Like have the have that finesse to be able to just move it, right? Bring the blade in and guide with your hand and remove it without destroying the cigar or your thumb or your thumb, yeah, or any other body part when it slips towards you, right? Um, but I've there's a reason do they that. don't sell those razors yes. anymore. Yes, because thumbs get cut. There's blood in the pro. You know, it's yeah. Well, they do. I have one. I've I've got a burl or bur barleywood one, and it's. I mean, it's it's a fucking it's a weapon, man. I mean, <laughs> they're gnarly. In my hand-me-downs i have a straight razor too my dad has one too i was just at my mom's the other day and asked her about it but it is i mean that blade has to be extremely sharp and you have to understand that you're just cutting off just the cap there's a lot of times i can work a cap just with my uh, mouth and teeth and well i've, I've shown that. you we've talked about yeah. it before like i can pull a cap off a cigar with my finger now yeah right if if a cigar is properly capped, and again, my use of properly there is I'm, I'm referring to a lot of the triple cap method that is used where the actual cap is just the placing over the top of the shoulder with a complete binder filler setting inside the cigar. You can moist up a cigar and just with your finger pull it off, you know? There's been times, I mean, I you know, pulled old Mayan out, this old bad boy, because yeah. um, I've lost two cutters since fucking Super Bowl. Wow. My 110-year-old uh, uh, Warley and whatever, someone took that. Some Someone has that. Well, I'll ask Dave about your scissors. You've got scissors, a silver one like my Yeah, gold they're one. folded up, too. They're just not on me or in my bag. So I feel like they got – I feel like I set them down. They're somewhere on a ledge or somewhere. I'm, I'm not they're worried about that. They're in his bag because nobody takes that No, shit. and No, and he, pro he probably doesn't even know. I, I almost think I set him under the TV. I oh, just, yeah, it could be just sitting I, there. They're just sitting there. But, um, you know, there are ways you can do that, you know, it, which make it super unique. It's, you know, it... it well, what about your peacock cutter? I got that still. Yeah, that's the holster. That's in the a little yeah, holster. It's in the trail. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I like it. Um, it's the only reason I like the foldable one like you have is I can also keep that in my left pocket and it's not nuisance like I and, have my And it, 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 it's cool, like it's got a, it's a keychain. That's literally the way it's Yeah, and you got a punch on it and you've got, you and got, you got a tools. few other little And things. you got tools on it. Yeah. So you can fix, adjust yeah. your lighter, bleed your lighter. Uh, you can actually, there's actually a um, Puro needle in it. It's not, it's not obviously, it's you know two inches long. So you get about yay far into a cigar, but you can purge it with a cigar. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that cutter. Um, all right, so who would be two people at any moment in time you could smoke with and why? You're listening to Stone Tribe on the Craft and Puro podcast. Download our brand new song, Island Time, and help us raise money for United Cerebral Palsy. 25% of our profits go to help families pay for desperately needed medical equipment and procedures. Connect with Stone Tribe at stonetribemusic.com for music and the latest Stone Tribe. Well, I think the second guy I would love to smoke some stogies with is Stallone. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. I absolutely. Who's your first? Well, Schwarzenegger. No. I understand. No. And you know I had a schedule I know to you smoke did. with him. And everything happened And that's when reason. he had that heart attack or yep. some shit and he couldn't yep. get to be off of him. Because you'd been, you, we've been sitting here right now, you'd be like, 
pouring the whiskey over your cigar and doing this. Yeah, and, and then back yeah. then I wasn't as knowledgeable, so I'd have been probably fairly quiet and wouldn't enjoy it as much. But if I ever had an opportunity again, I would love to do that with him and Stallone. I think it would be a lot of fun to smoke with Stallone. And both of them together would be like, you know, amazing. Um, yeah, so the third one, I'd have to really kind of think about that now because... Um, All right, well, think about a third. I'll I tell think you my Eshi two. I think she would be fun. Think about your third. I'll tell you my two. he would two. crack a joke and I would laugh and he would he would say, find me funny? Was that funny? Am I funny like, like a what, clown? Yeah, like, <laughs> what kind of funny? And then he'd be staring me down and do that shit and I'd get a little nervous. Yeah, but then you just stand up and be he like, he is. Yeah, you're funny. He is. Yeah. As many as times as I've seen him in that shit, so that's a modern, woo. like currently right now, would be Stallone and Tom Hardy. I didn't know Tom Hardy smoked yeah, cigars. Yeah, because I feel like the reason I say that is I feel like you know, Stallone's been a cigar smoker for ever, right? Yeah. Um, with Schwarzenegger, it would be cool to smoke Schwarzenegger, but he's not dipping my shit in tequila, okay? Like, we're not doing that. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. But those two guys, I feel like you could. And actually, you know, you know who else I would love? Um, oh shit! What's his name? Family Feud guy? Or no, not Family Feud. Um, yeah, Harvey. Yeah, Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. I would love, love to smoke with Steve Harvey, but I, we'd have to go buy like really expensive suits to smoke with Steve Harvey. We had to whiten up our teeth. Too. I would. Nah, for fuck that noise. I'm, I'm out of that. Yeah, I, whatever. Yeah, he's got a. I that brush twice big old a day. white yeah, smile. He does, but. I feel like those. I feel like those individuals, um, and believe it or not, Jennifer Lopez. I'd love to sit and smoke. She's a cigar smoker. Love to sit and smoke with her. Huh. Um, but I feel like with those people, in that moment, they're not the the all star, the highlight. The it's not Stallone and Schwarzenegger, the action movie stars, right? It's you know we're, we're smoking. Hey, what are you smoking? <laughs> I'll tell you, you know, no. I, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, it would be it would be cool to just run into him and you know catch him in a, a t-shirt and with, with slides yeah, on. Yeah, I want to have fun. Shorts. I don't want like, it to be like yeah. I love smoking with Luciano, but Luciano's pretty serious, you know. Uh, but he's he's it's passion though, like that right. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eats, and I I, I want to smoke breeze. and have fun. I don't want to be overly passionate. I I want to be having some fun. Yeah, but um, you have to admit, there's a time for that, though. Yeah, there, well, there are times for the moment. But you're asking me who would be my fun guy, and I think Stallone would be fucking hilarious. He'd probably have a tank on with his cowboy boots and his Levi's on, and it would be fun as hell. What you talking about? Huh? I want, I want freaking Tulsa King Stallone. That's what I want to smoke Yeah. With. Shit. Hey, yo, give me the whiskey. Up our game a little bit on our... <laughs> Cause they got him dialed in on them suits to the hill. And hey, I got you. Hey, is I got my hair's perfect too, bro. Well, all right, all right. It doesn't get more perfect than that. None. A nice clean razor. Thank you. Yes. All right. So that's a that's another fun set in there for another question setup. So. Yeah, but I'm if just you, trying to think of if who you, hang after on. those. If guys. you suddenly came into a lump of wealth and your purchasing methods just suddenly changed, right? Everything's taken care of. You're done. You're set in. Would you alter the way you purchase 
bourbon and cigars? Like, would you suddenly start going for the more unattainable? I don't think so, because I think I already have the best. Okay. I, I pretty much think I, I... I don't think... I think what I already have... Is, and when you say best, you best to you. Yes. Right, okay. Right. Now, there's... I mean, I, I agree with what you got is the fucking best. I'm not arguing with yeah. that. But, I mean, you, you've, you've got It may not much... be the best of what uh, other people think is the yeah. best, but I definitely think in that, in my vault... Um, I, you I don't have think a lot of unattainable. Better. You, you have a lot of un- there, there's. You and I have to. We won't. We, I mean, we bring it up if you want. There's a few that that you wish you had. That we both simply. Yeah, agree I don't on. have all the happy. Yeah, well, which everybody thinks those, those are the greatest. But no, I, I agree. I don't think that. The one thing I say would change is it would be the quantity of what I could have. You know, um, I would say that yes, if I if I ran into this immediate lump sum. I would have bottles that you have that I cannot attain, that I, I just can't get after. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it, there's, you know, I don't know of anyone outside Heaven Hill that has the collection of old fits that you do. I well, don't believe it. And it's, it's unique because one thing that's always been really unique about it is We've been friends a long time. We've been family a while. We're going to be family for fucking ever. We will taste every single one of those. We probably, because I wouldn't do them with anybody else. Probably. And my, my, my point with that unless is... Unless Stallone is, comes over and break it. Unless Stallone, yeah. We're going to have to do something fucking fancy. Move that Willie Nelson bottle. Something. I don't know. Put Ooh. the CD in. We'll put the CD in, too. But See, my point but we is... We wouldn't be smoking cigars with Willie. We'd be smoking we'd, weed. I'd be dead. Like, he'd kill me. <laughs> he would kill me. Like, I would literally die. But, um... I feel like you know, and you can't say it would be it would be almost ignorant of you to say this. That if I always use this analogy, if Bill Gates walked up right now and just signed over his bank accounts, you were suddenly you know one of the top fifty wealthiest people in the world, right? You'd like to say that no, I won't buy this. No, I won't buy that. No, I won't do this. Oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna go buy all that. I am right, but I. I've wanted to ask this question to people that have attained wealth over their life, right? To become comfortable very young in their, their what people would call their older side of life, right? Um, would it alter? Like, does, does amounts of money suddenly change what you like to drink and smoke? Like, do you, do you succumb to that idea that because you've got a billion dollars, does that mean that you drink 30-year-old bottles of champagne every day? I don't think so. Right. No, what it means to me is that but I very much somebody that's I very much I maybe. very much love you know my my I've talked about this all the time. People ask me all the time, they're like, hey, with the Cyclops, what do you pair with Cyclops? I'm like, look, a lot can pair with our Cyclops. It can. It's a very fun cigar to smoke with. But if there's hands down one, it's Michter's single barrel rye with that cigar. For me, I look at it like, you know, I'm a Booker's little book nut, right? So yes, some of those older little books and some of the small chapters like that you have, or the chapter ones and twos, uh, the stuff that predated little book expression, you give me a billion dollars, I'm gonna give somebody $1,500 for those, th- those bottles, right? Because now I can, I can attain them with no, with no warrant of, of, of worry or cause. That's the one way I would say my spending habit would change. 
is I would go get the things that I, I can't have right now. I simply just can't, right? I I cannot just go give somebody $3,000 for two bottles. I yeah. Can't, right? But I think, like I've always said on this show, um, that a lot of the stuff that I've obtained, I did it when it was at a reasonable cost. And I if either it, got if it's, it... If it's free for me to say, I think the... A lot of your collection, I mean, shit, a lot of it. I shouldn't say collection. You don't pay 23, I paid $200. Right. I was going to say, with the exception of your old fit setting, yeah. I would be willing to say everything you have downstairs, you never paid anywhere close to current market costs. No, not anywhere close. The only one outside that is you have, you have paid for the fits. I've paid actually yeah. for the fits. Yeah. But other, other than that, I don't think you've nearly what that shit is now. Oh, no. Nearly. Yeah. It's just like a $10 cigar. You're looking at $70 to $100 a bottle on average. Mm -hmm. I would think in my collection that I buy. The fits, I just feel I'd be like that to say, juice. Even, even now, with some of the stuff you have down there, it's $70 to $100 minimum now. Yeah. But some of that shit you bought, like when you turned me on to White Label Six Year from Heaven Hill. When you were buying those bottles, they were what eighteen dollars. I don't even know what they're going for now. I, well, if you can find them, I bet I like two, three hundred, maybe. Let's see. Yeah, let's see. That'll be fun to look up. But I think if I came in to a million dollars, I would love to get guys who are passionate about um, things that they can't have an opportunity to taste and try to have uh, some sort of. Um, way that they could try these things because you know it's always irritated me about the way like most guys can't get good bourbon anymore because they don't spend enough to even be in to do that we can buy six year original heaven hill white label 100 proof for 300 dollars. wow yeah. oh sorry with shipping it's 399 yeah Hundred dollars for shipping? Christ! What are they bringing it in by camel? Yep. Oh, I got here two two twenty. Yeah. Or you can buy a, a one thousand milliliter. Oh, that's two oh two bottles for two ninety one. Yeah. No, it's not. Why? Well, I, I think this illusion was fucking sweet. MJ, whatever the number was. MJ twelve. MJ twelve. And I'm down to a pinch, and uh, yeah, this this cigar all day has banged off. And man, this weather today is fantastic. We're so lucky. Yeah, because I was suspecting we'd be in the garage when misty rain. But this worked out great. And I, I don't think this shit's going to I totally later. thought we were be playing the Battle Hawks game inside. And I pulled up and the garage up. And I was like, oh, shit, we're going outside. That's <laughs> how my head works. I'm like, oh, we're going well, outside. Well, I thought I had a half an hour business meeting. It turned into an hour. And then the next thing I know, it's like 25 to 12. And I didn't take a shower because I had walked and did some lifting and stuff. And then next thing I know, I was like frazzled. I like, I have kind of a, I think you, me, and you are a lot of like, we like to lead up to our day, make sure we got everything we're gonna need for the day. Blah blah blah. We've got yes. it kind of timed out. When I when I, I when I leave, when I leave, whatever time I leave, I am set for until what time I come home. Until you leave yeah. the Reaper at home. Until I leave the Reaper. <laughs> yeah. 
And that's fair. I gotta give you some shit once in a while. Since you got down there, we get it all. Oh "Oh my god, we did a podcast. We were set up, and I'm like, oh (laughs) shit. You go, hey, grab the reaper. I'm like. Yeah, about that. And you're uh, like, uh, like a little bead of sweat. It's like speed racer. <laughs> like, ah, a little bead popped out. I was like, oh shit. But that all worked out too. I'm pretty that sure I great. fell into my hands. I was like, oh fuck. Hey, grab that, uh, grab that Cybers bottle. I want you to try that. The what? Oh, is the that a, is that that Cybers bottle? The Makers? Yeah. What did you say, Cyber Claw? It's from Cybergs. Oh, I thought you said Cyber Claw. Nah, I was nah. like, what the fuck is a Cyber Claw? I don't know. All right. The other thing while I did that, did you see the Mando last night? No. Yeah, I saw it. No. Yeah. Yes, no. Well, it's just... uh, I know we were heartbroken last night. That fucking episode last was just garbage, dude. Uh, Well, this one was great. And uh, I I don't know. Of course, I can't say much about it now because you haven't seen it. Have you caught up on Mayor Kingstown? Yeah, I've seen them all. Yeah. I don't like the way I I mean, how, how many guys did they kill in one day? Okay, first of all, let me tell, let me tell you something. All this right? guy... I'm getting real tired. Mike, who, did, who Mike. is Mike? He's, a, he, he's a special an ex, ops No, he's an ex-criminal shit? that was an Aryan dude in prison to stay alive, and now he's like, this man knows how to clear around two cards, take out three guys with automatic weapons? That was just the start the And night. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If all it took was you diving into the floorboards of your seat, a lot of gangsters in the 20s would still be alive, okay? How are you staying alive with them putting, you know... Now, it is a Lincoln. It is a Lincoln. So True, but Lincolns still. are pretty stout, but, yeah, I don't know. But, and then at um, the end, the boat blows up, and he's still... You know, uh, I think that phone assuming. call. I think the phone call was a little bit of a mind play. Yeah, he's dead. probably. He, he's dead. There's, there's, he's dead. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, but. Mike is that good, and is it just me, or have the last two seasons you're always expecting his brother to get killed? Mm-hmm. They have that on your mind, but all they the worked. Time. They worked it out by him shooting mom. They killed his character. His mind's gonna break. He's gonna end up doing something. He's. I feel like in season three, he's going to end up in jail. That's going to be the whole Mike's going to be trying to keep him alive through that season. You know? I did like it when he was talking to Bunny, though. Bunny's like, let me tell you something, Mike. I got love for you. I really do. But when it comes but if you back shot, me into a corner and I'm my freedom's right on the line, Mike. I will run through you. Believe I that. believe it. <laughs> and, and I don't know. Yeah, but of I, course, I don't know. Mike... He's just—it's crazy. And then the bald-headed guy—I—I I always think he's a tad seedy. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. always something going on. He's, he's got, always a cop. I know, but he's he was always, the sheriff that died in Yellowstone. I—I uh, I know. Like he's always a cop. <laughs> but now we got no Sheraton. Nothing's going on right now. Mm-mm. I'm like, what's going on, man? You need to be having overlays, right? Did you see that they confirmed? Uh, like, no shit, Paramount confirmed. Matthew McConaughey is going to play Spencer Dutton in 1946 or whatever. Oh. Yeah. I am going to hey, try to hey. keep everything. All right, all right. Hey, hey, listen to me. I didn't think Harrison Ford could be a cowboy, okay? It's fucking Han Solo and Indiana Jones. He was a pretty damn good Jake Dutton. Okay, well, this could be McConaughey. There's a few things I've seen him in that I like, but I know he's a great actor or whatever, but really, I mean, you're really pulling 
on this one. I don't know. He's really gonna have to show me something to get into the Dutton family. Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Yeah. I don't I'm know. just I'm just curious with how how the whole thing will play out the way they the way they're kind of talking. But about don't. It. Do you know what has surprised me? I actually we're gonna bring this back into cigars here for a moment. We talked about season five was the first time that you saw bourbon companies, right? Like yeah. Buffalo Trace and Yellowstone had ads on the show, right? But you also saw Weller 12 Year in the car, right? And there was Buffalo Trace they were drinking. Like you were seeing these acclamations, right? These, these, these not acclamations, I don't know if it's the right word or not, but everybody, you know, you were starting to see it come into the show. You were seeing what they were drinking, right? People are attached to it. Why has no one had a fucking cigar yet? Nobody. Even the, the rich douchebags, right? The the company owners, the big guy that you normally paint as the asshole with it. No one. Smoked a cigar. But Beth smokes 900 cigarettes an episode. No cigars in Yellowstone no at cigars. all. No cigars. But you, cowboys in general don't smoke cigars. I would beg to differ. When you're on a, let me add, so, we gotta find a real cowboy on this conversation. Like, you're running cattle all day. They right? run, they you chew, you they do dip. I don't know. I, feel, I would feel, if you're talking about relieving the stress of a moment, right, without getting into uh, military side or guys that run incredibly high volume, action packed, stressful days, if you're up at 4 a.m. and you get home at 7 p.m., you're having dinner and a drink. And you got two hours before you're out, you're done. Is that not the pinnacle moment to have a cigar? The only guy, cowboy, that I've seen smoke a cigar that he made it look easy is Clint. Who? Clint Eastwood. Mm. Right, because he's not he's not on a full trot, right? He's getting there slow. And, and, he's, he's, a, and he's got his Corona. Mm -hmm. But he's also a dip man because, you know, he's always spitting a little dip so he's either got his corona or yeah he's but he's okay so so to, to, to bring that kind of into what we're talking about that's one thing I, I will give this to Stallone um and and Schwarzenegger is <laughs> Schwarzenegger I, I love that one Schwarzenegger um Schultzen Schultzenegger Schultzenegger yeah sorry um the Schwartz that was the power of the Schwartz and 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 yeah uh, yeah but um you know, like in movies, like I don't remember a movie. A show, Tulsa King. You know, he had a cigar finally in like the last two episodes. But in his movies, The Expendables, right? Stallone. Yeah. He's always got a cigar. In the plane. You know, yeah. he's having a cigar at the bar with with his, Mickey Rourke's brother, right? I want, like, I, I want. I always thought it'd be really cool if you there hasn't been a full publication movie around the cigar industry right when you think about cigars and movies right it's presidents CEOs of fortune 500s and gangsters right you always got the mob guys at the table they're all smoking cigars doing their thing you know what if like we've watched hand rolled together the film that was done about the history of cigars yeah what if you made a movie I know this sounds funny but are you a Jane Silent Bob fan like Kevin Smith don't even know Clerks? what you're talking about no okay I'll, I'll teach you after now nah, maybe I'll there's if I've seen their faces yeah. I know but. but 
it would be really unique if you like why is it so madman there isn't right? even a cigar movie out there no that's what i'm saying and i'm not even saying like i i don't think you could make a hollywood production movie about cigars i don't think it would sell to anybody but you know, maybe a couple million people like, i don't think you could but a platform like apple could do it prime could do it netflix could do it right it's, if it doesn't work gets lost in the algorithm no one fucking cares right it is what it is but you know you you look at it, it, these these movies and, and cigarettes are always prominent. Even so there's been movies about about marijuana, right? There's cocaine bearers out. There's movies about a bear eating cocaine, right? Would it not be incredibly unique if you had a movie that, in some way, the the silent notion was the constant visual of people smoking cigars? And labels being shown. Right? Columbo. You know one a- actually. You know one show that did that very well was Sons of Anarchy, the motorcycle club show. I've I've watched a couple of us. It's actually a good. Seven I know everybody's good. like I can't believe. But a lot, a, a lot of the characters, a lot of the characters, they were you know when they were sitting at their tables and their clubs and stuff like they were cigar smokers. Columbo always had the the private investigator Columbo. He always had a cigar. The gangster Columbo, or the no? He was a private investigator. He had the long, like, overcoat, and he was always trying to figure shit out. And he always had a cigar in his mouth. Mm. Um, but very few that I can think of. There's been a prominent cigar presence in a series or a movie, other than like, you know, the the you know, like Sopranos. There was some cigars in there. Yeah. The Godfather, blah, 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 a lot of gangster stuff, cigars, whatever, but Cowboys once in a while. But I've never seen a constant like I did. Columbo comes to mind. Expendables, blah, blah, blah. Um, Predator, there's probably been some cigars in Predator, I think I remember. Well, that is a good point. Yeah. There's no characters in modern day that are smoking cigars. I think it'd be cool if you had the, you know, you. It's also really funny, like when you watch, um, uh, for example, there's um, Billions, and oh shit, what's that other one? Uh, Secession, right? In Billions, there's a cigar here and there, but again, in these CEOs and these big lawyers, you see the humidor on the desk, like it's you see it, it's there, and you know it, but you don't ever see the. The expression. I think it would be really cool. And again, I don't know how to do it. Um, I'm not a, a producer. I, I don't know how to. But it would be really cool if you generated like you can make any story out of a setting, you know. And what if you did the setting around a lounge, or you know, the group of guys that are knocking off a bank? Where do they meet up? They meet up at the said cigar lounge, right? Like bring cigars into the forefront and into the forefront of the show i think i think it would be really cool and maybe it's just a you know i I do understand the time that needs to be committed to a cigar i get that but maybe that's the reason you know i don't know i hear you i don't know all right so on that note guys mahalo thank you so much um we'll be back next week uh we'll be coming at you from lit cigar lounge i think unless we move over somewhere else but uh, from the Viking, thank you guys so much. And uh, Bourbon Cowboy, just take us out. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us here on a cloudy, sunny, pre-Noah's Ark. St. Louis is supposed to get three to four inches, and we're out here um, 
at the Agua Farm on the back porch enjoying each other's company. And as always, thanks for listening in. I'm the Bourbon Cowboy. See you next week. Giddy up.